and welcome to episode 33 of the Knitting on the Run podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 6, 2018, as I'm recording this. You can find me online as Windswept Monique on Ravelry and Instagram. You can email me at windsweptmonique at gmail.com. And show notes can be found at knittingontherun.podbean.com. This week's segments include Evos, Whips, Knitting Fail, Pattern Acquisition, Out and About, and On the Run. So here we go. Before we get into our regular segments, I just wanted to give you guys a quick update. I am squeezing this episode in between storms. We get home from visiting both sets of grandparents in Florida last week and found ourselves in the path of a record-breaking nor'easter. That was a quite an intense storm. Uh, if you are not from the New England or Maritime Canadian provinces area, you're probably asking yourself, what on earth is a nor'easter? Uh, nor'easter is a type of cyclone storm, like a like a hurricane or a typhoon. You know, there's a, there's a big swirl, there's a, often an eye kind of thing. It's not as defined as a hurricane. You don't have a giant, you know, giant mass with an eye wall, but it's definitely, it's a type of, of cyclical storm. And um, they occur offshore of the New England states and the Canadian maritime provinces and nor'easters get their name that the winds come out of the northeast on sort of the back side of the storm like if you if, if it, we were talking about a hurricane it would be the winds you know uh, above to the above and to the left of the eye wall if you're looking at it from a, like a satellite photo around here we get our weather from basically um two different areas. We have weather that comes up the coast from Florida and also weather that comes from the west across the continent. So we it's rare to get something coming out of the northeast. It means there's, you know, something weird is going on in the atmosphere. Basically, we end up with a storm coming from each of these directions that they crash together, start rotating counterclockwise, and we get a nor'easter. This particular storm we had last Friday, or I should say from Thursday through Saturday was unusual in southern New England because it was almost all rain. We tend to get a lot of these storms in the wintertime, and usually the rain snow line is right by the coast. Uh, to put it in perspective, I live only about 20 miles from the North Atlantic Ocean, and usually we're inside the rain snow line for most, if not all, of these storms, and instead we got three to four inches of rain which is about 7.5 to 10 centimeters, if I'm doing the math in my head correctly, out of this one storm uh, with hurricane force winds. We had winds um, reaching almost to 100 miles per hour on Cape Cod, which is a peninsula that sticks out into the ocean near where I live. Where we were, the winds, I think, were only about 75 miles per hour, which still is technically hurricane force winds. So this was one humdinger of a storm. We've got trees down everywhere. There were hundreds of thousands without power just in my state, Massachusetts. We're still clearing up and we're getting another one tomorrow. (laughs) So uh, tomorrow's storm at least looks like a more traditional storm, which normally wouldn't work people up much, except we're still having a lot of damage. There's still basements flooded. There's still trees down all over the place. And there's still people with roofs that need patching from the last storm. So um, it's going to be interesting. Also, I should note that I'm recording this while one of my boys is homesick, so I'm going to record as long as he's asleep, and I'm not sure if he wakes up, I'll be able to keep recording between the storm coming tomorrow and my sick little guy today. I'm going to record as much of my show notes as I can, and we'll see what we get, but you might end up with an abbreviated episode today. 
So on to FOs, I did finish one sock of the Vanilla is the New Black pattern by Anna Fletcher, and I'm counting this as an FO because it's finished and it's wearable. You know, I may not want to wear it by itself, but technically it is wearable. So I was told I should try this pattern because it's good for people with high insteps, and I do, I have very naturally high arches, so I wanted to give this a shot. I also have skinny ankles, so I was a little worried, and I found that every sock pattern I've knit I've had to tweak, um, just because I have really, really scrawny ankles. So I adapted this pattern by not doing the last couple heel increases. I did, I think for me, I did, I skipped, I did the smallest size and then skipped the last two heel increases. And then after the turning of the heel, I then adjusted to, um, reflect the fact that I didn't have those uh, extra stitches on my needles and it worked out well and it fit my foot very well. I'm actually happy with this. I would knit this again. I worked on this one all over Florida on a trip, even at Disney's Magic Kingdom. If you saw that photo, that's the sock I'm working on. <laughs> and I finished it on the airplane on the way home. So I was very excited about that. On to whips. I don't have too many whips to report. I've been working on the second sock of the Vanilla is the New Black, and that's my card knitting, so I'm working on that, you know, mornings and afternoons at school drop-off and pick-up. I've also been spending a lot of time working on the Emerald Deep Shawl that I've mentioned a few times, because this is due in two weeks? Yeah, two weeks, probably from today, I think I need to drop it off, and I've got 22 rows left. I took, let's see, I am working on this in Ito Yarns Kinu in 100% silk in the aqua colorway. And the Emerald Deep Shawl is a pattern by Romy Hill. I took this to Florida with me, but I just didn't get a lot done. We were just, you know, tired after running around with, you know, all four grandparents. We spent part of the week with one, part with the other. So we had a, a very busy vacation and I got some of it done. You know, I finished chart four last night. Now, I should caveat that because I've been on chart four for a while. Chart four, you actually have a repeat section on. So you're on chart four for quite a long time. And then chart five, you work through once and it's the end of the pattern. So I'm almost done. It will be done in time. I'm not worried about that. You know, barring me breaking a finger, it'll be done in time. So um, I'm really enjoying this. It's the second time I've knit this pattern. I love it. It's beautiful. It's also designed for green yarns. And the yarn I have is basically the color of the charity I'm knitting it for. And so it was a too perfect colorway to not use. Um, I should mention, I've mentioned this before, but just in case you haven't heard, I am knitting this uh, shawl for AGC scholarships. And that is a 501-3C charity that raises money for families dealing with infertility or who are trying to adopt. If you or someone you love is going through some trouble this way and needs some financial assistance, either um, infertility, IUI, IVF, all they cover, you know, all that kind of stuff, or who's adopting a child, uh, you can apply for a scholarship through them and they can help you offset some of those costs because anybody who's been through that knows it costs an absolute fortune, literally. So head to agcscholarships.org. There's lots of information there. And their annual fundraising gala is coming up on February, I think it's the 23rd. It's all on their website if you're interested. It's in the um, greater Boston area, south of Boston, between Boston and Providence. Uh, I don't know if there's tickets still available, but visit their website and see if you're interested. On to knitting fail. So I had a knitting fail on the way to Florida. This would be about two weeks ago now. 
I started the Peppermint Mocha Sock by CC Amon from Java Pearl Designs on the plane ride to Florida, and I wanted to use my US size 2, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Leica, Luke, I've heard it pronounced so many different ways, I have no idea which is correct, L-Y-K-K-E. If you know how to pronounce it, please contact me. <laughs> um, so I wanted to try to use these size 2 needles as good airplane needles. People tend to be less afraid of long wooden pointy sticks than long metal pointy sticks, if you take my meaning. Uh, so I knit with that, and I love the pattern. The pattern is a lot of fun to work with, a very potato chippy. Uh, but when I tried the sock on the next day, it was way too big, and it was even too big for my husband's feet. So once I dig out another pair of US zeros or ones, I'll try again. Um, it's not the pattern's fault, it's mine. I didn't make a gauge swatch. I just knew that the way the slip stitches work, that this pattern might be tighter than my normal gauge. So I thought using the size twos might work. And yeah, not so much. I should gauge swatched. Oops. On to pattern acquisition. So coinciding with the Ravelinix this year was the annual Middle Earth Games. And that is for a Tolkien group that I'm part of on Ravelry. Uh, the Middle Earth Games runs annually, where the Ravelinix just runs with the Olympics. And I was lucky enough to win a free pattern in the Middle Earth Games this year. I was so excited. So since I won it from a Tolkien-based group, I chose the Dancing Dragon's Coat from Heike Campbell, which is a spectacular knit coat. And it's going to be a challenging knit. She rates it intermediate to expert, and I can't wait to start it. I um, just bought the yarn for it online from Webs. I am so excited. I'm hoping this will be my Rhinebeck sweater, if I can finish it, because this is, you know, I think the pattern says it's 25 inches long. This is a coat, you know, this is not just a sweater, but it's going to be spectacular when it's done. Uh, you might have seen it. It's one of those ones that everybody says, oh, that's gorgeous. I wish I could knit that. And then a lot, a lot of people actually do. So I will, I've included a link in the show notes as well as an image. It's, oh, can't wait. And I did just order the yarn. I picked up some uh, B-Sweet Bamboo in the sea green colorway, which should be spectacular. And there are beads in this pattern for the little dragon's eyes. And I'm thinking about going to my local bead shop and maybe tracking down some red beads once the yarn arrives. Get, a, you know, get a per the perfect matching color. I don't know. Red. White would be a little tamer, but it would just be so spectacular with red eyes. You know, those of you who watch Game of Thrones and other shows like that, you know what I'm talking about, right? Anyway, go check out this pattern. It's gorgeous. Out and about. So yes, Florida for school vacation week and we're home. We had a great time. We spent about half the time with my in-laws in the Ocala area and half the time with my parents who are outside Orlando. We also, we stayed an extra day or two down there and we spent one day at the Magic Kingdom with my parents last Monday and the boys behaved so well that we opened and almost closed the park. We were there, I think, eight, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., give or take. And the lines were horrendous. It was like being there Christmas week. We didn't realize that it was Mississippi and Louisiana school vacation week last week. Oh, my God. The lines were just nuts. Luckily, we'd planned in advance, and we'd gotten our first three fast passes for Space Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, and Splash Mountain in the morning, which Thing One is tall enough to ride all those, and he loves those big, fast rides. So mom and dad got some alternate fast passes and took Thing 2 on um, Buzz Lightyear and Aladdin's Magic Carpets and you know, the little kitty rides and stuff like that. And then we met up and we kept getting more fast passes for the rest of the day for, you know, whatever was available. And we actually ended up 
going on 13 or 14 rides despite the crowds. Um, I mean, it was nuts for those of you who know Disney. There was an hour-long wait for It's a Small World. You know, that just doesn't happen. It was absolutely insane there. Um, So while we definitely missed some rides we wanted to go on, like Peter Pan, which always has an insane ride, we were lucky enough to sneak on some rides. Like, we skipped the parade, and we went to go see um, Enchanted Tales with Belle, because my boys love Beauty and the Beast. So, with a little planning and a little thinking and a little, you know, readjusting our plans, because it was also 88 degrees and blazing hot in the Florida sun, which us New Englanders are not used to, we had a wonderful day. Also, if you're there and it's hot and you're at the Magic Kingdom, there is a splash pad down behind Dumbo by the train station, which has some seats in the shade nearby for the grown-ups. It's a great place to go in the heat of the day. Bring a bathing suit and just let your kids run around for 20 minutes, get soaking wet. They'll feel so much better afterwards. For upcoming stuff for Out and About, I will be headed to Stitches United the week of March 24th. I'm not sure if I'm going Saturday or Sunday yet, but I will definitely be there. I think at the moment I'm leaning towards Sunday, but I'm not 100% certain. Also, you may have gathered from the pattern acquisition segment that I am planning on going to Rhinebeck this year. I'm probably going to take the Webbs bus again and just go by myself. Um, We've got some family vacations lined up so my husband doesn't have a ton of vacation time left so this might just be a day trip for me again but you know the web spot was a lot of fun and I would definitely do that again in a heartbeat. On to our last segment on the run. So training is still going well though I skipped any formal training at all our week in Florida. I figure the 10 miles I walked in the Magic Kingdom pretty much covered anything I might have missed right? Yeah just keep telling myself that. So now that it's getting a little warmer out, I'm starting to take Thing 2 out for walks in our jogging stroller, which he loves. My mileage is behind what I wanted it to be at this point, but my body feels healthy and I'm not getting injured, so I'm not pushing it too much. That's my mantra. No more injuries. Been there, done that, have the t-shirt multiple times over. Don't want to go back. Thank you very much. I'm going to start bringing back the segments on research topics next week, both for On the Run and for Knitting Talks. If you have anything you'd like me to discuss, please let me know. I have heard um, from a few things. Some people have questions about strength training, um, about some some female issues, since I am a woman who runs and runs, or ran, now walks, long distances and has done a marathon and women's bodies and, and the stress we put them under. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me, windsweptmonique at gmail.com, or come to the Ravelry group, let me know, post in a thread. I'd love to hear from you. Similarly, if you have any knitting topics that you'd like to know about, um, just send them my way. I'd also love to hear what you want to hear about. There was one topic that I actually um, just heard about, I think I got it yesterday, and then after listening to the Yarniax podcast this morning, yes, I know, I'm behind. Um, I think I know where the question came from. Someone asked me how I store my yarn because I only work with plant yarns. If I did anything different, I, I have to say that not ever having worked with wool yarns, I don't know how the rest of the world does this. I know moths are a much bigger worry, and bugs in general are a bigger worry with wool than with plant yarns. I should say, I don't know that. I, I assume that because I've, at least I've never ever had an issue in the 10 years 
I've been knitting, even if I have things outside, you know, I've never had a bug issue ever, which maybe I'm just lucky. I don't know. I do store my yarn put away because, um, and this is probably not a shocker to those of you who know how badly I'm allergic to wool. I'm also allergic to dust and mold. So I keep my yarn, I don't want to say sealed up because that can lead to its own problems, but I keep it, you know, basically in a drawer. I have one old, um, what are they called? Pedestals? You know, those things you put the, you can put your washing machines on top of and they've got drawers. I guess it's a pedestal. So I have our old washing machines pedestal that I inherited when we got a, a new machine last fall. And I keep all my, um, large stuff down there. So like worsted and some of my, my DK, I think I don't really have any bulky yarn. You, you don't want cotton bulky yarn. That's just, that doesn't sound pretty, does it? Um, so yeah, so I keep all my worsted and, and some of my DK in there. And then I have a series of plastic drawers, which honestly I need to replace. They're kind of, well, no, not kind of, they are cheap and you can tell, and they're sort of falling apart and they really were not designed for the weight of a lot of yarn. But I have my yarn then in those four drawers divvied up by size, you know, sock and fingering lace weight in one, sport in another, or sport in one and a half, and then DK in another one. I have a lot of sport and DK weight yarn. Maybe it's just because I knit a lot of summer things, but so I just keep them in the drawers and put away so that they don't get musty. Um, do I air them out? Was another question. I do sometimes, but not usually. What I what I often do is if I'm gonna work with stash yarn. I usually know it's coming, so I take it out, I, I um, unskein it, or I, I make it into a hank, basically wash it, and then hang it on my clothesline to dry, and then that's washed all the mustiness or dustiness or anything out of it before I use it. Otherwise, when I'm either working with it or winding it, all that dust kicks up in my face and it sets my allergies off, and nobody wants to be sneezing all over their work while they're knitting something, especially if it's a gift, you know, that's just gross. So, you know, just give it a nice gentle bath and hang dry in the sunshine, then I'm good to go. I don't know, is that different than how you will using folks store your yarn? I see a lot of, you know, podcasters I watch, they have their yarn out on display. Is that how you store your yarn? I would love to hear from other people. I would love to hear some ideas on good yard storage protocols. Because, um, you know, never stop learning. There's always so much more we can pick up from each other. I think I am going to end the show there. I've gotten... See, I'm at about 19 minutes now, not counting the introductions, so I don't want to push it in case my little guy wakes up and needs his mommy. So I am going to head out now. Hopefully I'll still be online with the storm over the next few days. I'm going to try to get this edited and put out before the storm hits. Have a great week, everyone, and keep something beautiful on your needles. Bye-bye.